Hello, and a very warm welcome to today's podcast on the perception of Cypriot youth. My name is Hubert Faustmann. I am the director of the office of the Friedrich Ebert Foundation here in Cyprus. And today's podcast is a joint podcast of the Cyprus Center uh, of the Peace Research Institute Oslo and the FES office here in Nicosia. The story of this podcast dates back to 2004, when a UN-sponsored plan, the so-called Anan plan, uh, to reunify the divided island was put to two simultaneous referenda. And in those referenda, the Turkish Cypriot youth voted with a significantly higher percentage uh, than the rest of the uh, Turkish Cypriot population with yes, and approved a reunification of the island under the terms of the Anan plan. And in the south, you can the Greek Cypriot community, the Greek Cypriot young voted with a significantly higher percentage than the rest of their community with no opposing a reunification of the island under the terms proposed by the Anan plan. So ever since the youth on both sides of the divide, in particular the Greek Cypriot youth, have become the center of research since people understood that in particular the Greek Cypriot youth uh, pose a particular problem or obstacle for any future attempt to overcome the division of the island, which necessarily needs to be approved by the two communities in simultaneous referenda. So we're very happy that the Peace Research Institute Oslo and the FES office, both here in Cyprus, found an author, Cihan Dizdaroglu, who wrote a report for us entitled The Perception of the Cypriot Youth Matter. And we want to talk about not just the positions of the young on the Cyprus questions that will feature prominently, but his research is much wider. It talks about uh, the attitudes of the young towards politics and maybe the role they should play within both parts of the island. A few words about uh, Cihan Desaroglo. He's a Marie Lodowska Curry Actions Fellow and Assistant Professor at the Center for Trust, Peace and Social Relations at the Coventry University. He's also a lecturer at the Department of Political Science and Public Administration of the Kadia Haas University and an Associate Editor of the Journal of International Relations. He also served uh, this is a Turkish journal. He previously served as the director of the Center for Turkish Studies at Kadir Haas University and also as the project coordinator to the International Relations Council of Turkey. So an experienced but still young scholar. Uh, and he will be interviewed by a dear colleague and friend, Mete Hatay, who is a very senior researcher for the Peace and Research Institute Oslo, himself an expert on the Cyprus question, himself an expert on the young uh, on both sides of the divide, and I look forward for a very inter interesting interview and discussion between you two. Mette and Chihan, the floor is yours. Hi, how are you? Uh, uh, we're going through these funny times, but uh, anyway, so uh, I had a, a chance to read the report and I prepared uh, sort of some uh, casual questions that might bring out the soul of the report uh, to the public, in a sense. Uh, so uh, please try to be uh, concise. Uh, we don't have much time, but uh, more informal than going into too much details. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, I like uh, to ask: Can you start by describing the main research question? I mean, you ask certain questions before you started the uh, survey, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for both uh, for having me today and allow me to uh, share the details of my research with you. 
so the policy report that we are going to talk about is part of a larger project which is funded by the European Union under the Marie Curie Fellowship. And it focused on the role of youth in peace building. So the broad uh, question, the broad research question behind my research is how the potential of youth can be operationalized in peace building process. And I am specifically focused on the Cyprus youth. And to answer this question, so I have also some follow-up questions on what Cypriot youth on both sides think about peace, about politics, and also about intercommunal dialogue. So these questions are also the main, main idea uh, behind the report. And around these questions, uh, I'm trying to understand and investigate the youth perceptions on both sides uh, about their uh, hope for the future of their country, their perceptions toward the other community, and readiness for a possible solution and willingness to coexist. Uh, what was the, the time period uh, when you did the interviews uh, with the people? Uh, to be honest, there there were uh, two separated uh, field works that I conduct. So one is uh, about the overall project. So I conducted three field work visits in Cyprus before the pandemic hits the island, and interviewed with 60 uh, young people. But besides this one, uh, I've also conducted a telephone survey, so which we are talking about. So the time period of the telephone survey is between November November 2019 and January 2020. So it clearly reflects the current situation on the island. Yeah, the just before the pandemic, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, what kind of methodology have you employed? Uh, yeah. As I mentioned, it's uh, uh, like I'm using both uh, mixed methods, but today I'm going to focus on the quantitative data based on the uh, telephone survey. And I work with two local research companies. Uh, one is Novern Analytics in the south and the other is Lipa Consultancy in the north. So we just uh, had the field work of the survey separately, or sorry, simultaneously on both sides. And there was a total of uh, 500 young respondents, 250 from each communities, and in a gender equal sample. So today I'm planning to answer all your questions by mainly uh, referring to the uh, quantitative data or the, let's say, uh, the findings of the survey. Uh, but of course, I will share my personal reflections and also observations based on my previous interviews for further clarification as well. Yeah, as far as I can see uh, from the report, uh, the youth shows uh, little interest in local politics or perhaps uh, distancing themselves from politics. Can you explain why? Yes, uh, you're absolutely right in terms of lack of youth interest in politics generally. And when I ask youth whether they're interested in politics or not, so 64% of Turkish Cypriot youth and 46% of Greek Cypriot youth are generally not interested or a little bit interested in politics. And we also know this from the youth turnout in the elections as well, because as you know, voting is one of the most formal uh, way of the uh, political participation. And youth have the lowest turnout compared to all other age groups. And the important thing is here uh, is the reason of youth disinterest in politics. And because I think the uh, lower turnout is not necessarily means the political or shows the youth political apathy. Uh, youth participate in or even catalyze some social changes through their informal activities and civic engagements. And it's obvious uh, if you just think about the youth-led movements around the world uh, in terms of climate change. So the reason behind their lack of interest, I guess, uh, and it's also based on my interviews as well, so uh, it's mainly related with the domination of politics by mainly older men. So while these older men prevent youth from participating in 
political or any decision-making bodies, they also ignore young people's social agency and political agency. So when you think about the average age uh, on both sides of parliament, uh, so the average age is over 50. So this, the, first is the, the first reason is uh, the political structure itself. And the second and interrelated reason of disinterest among youth is related with the trust of uh, their trust of the political parties and politicians. And if uh, I can share the details of this issue, if there will be a, a follow-up question. But youth are uh, smart enough to understand and see the political parties' hesitancy to open their doors to the youth. And this is the reason that youth criticize political parties because of uh, they don't understand the need of having young people in their parties. And most of the political parties, as you know better than me, uh, they have no clear-cut youth policies to attract young people either. So youth are just considered as the persons who have to support during the election campaigns. Campaigns, But other than that, so all politicians are uh, like hesitant to lessen them. So, so the summary of your uh, answer could be that they are not... They don't, they, it doesn't mean that they have little interest, but they are not interested in the traditional politics yes. uh, of the other generations. And, uh, and their interests within politics diverges from uh, the general uh, atmosphere that uh, one generation, in a way, uh, sort of imposes on them in that sense. Like, as you said, they concentrate more on the cult- uh, climate issue and uh, things like this, uh, yes, uh, uh, or uh, youth problems and uh, whatever. Yeah, and you said that they they don't have much trust in politics and political uh, parties. How about the institutions in general on both sides? Uh, Yeah. Does it differ from community to community? So because there is a asymmetric attitude on uh, both sides, I uh, presume. Uh, so it's interesting to see that these are the commonalities of youth on both sides. So on both sides, when you look at the uh, young trust in uh, political parties or let's say political institutions or persons, so they express very low levels of confidence in uh, any institutions and persons. So Community leaders uh, have the highest level of confidence on both sides in comparison with the uh, other institutions or persons, uh, including the government, parliament, political parties or politicians. And accordingly, uh, the levels of confidence uh, in Mustafa Kunji, for instance, it is 35%. And while the Nikos Anastasiades uh, trust among the Greek Cypriot youth is around 17%. And this can be considered as the one of the differences between two communities, because Greek Cypriots do not have confidence in their community leader like the Turkish Cypriot youth have. So as this is a telephone survey, so it should be very short. So I didn't ask the reasons behind this uh, low level of confidence, but most probably it is related with uh, Mr. Anastasiades' uh, performance. But regarding the other institutions, politicians are awarded like the very lowest level of confidence on both sides. So almost uh, like... 50% of Greek and Turkish Cypriot youth stating that they have no confidence in politicians and these politicians are followed by the political parties and the government on both sides. So it's also related with your previous question as well. So I say youth have no confidence, either politicians or existing parties, to trigger a change. So this is the reason that they are very active in civil society and also in other platforms that they have established by themselves. So Yes, uh... I, I like to move uh, towards uh, the more inter-communal uh, relations uh, amongst the youth. In my previous work, we found a huge discrepancy in the frequency of, uh, for example, checkpoints uh, crossings. 
I can see that the same discrepancy exists uh, in your findings. Can you suggest an explanation for this? Yeah, sure. So I have to give the credit for your uh, previous research, Matojam, uh, with your co-author, with Yorgo Karalambos, I hope I pronounce your yeah. surname correctly. <laughs> so many thanks for your inspiring reports, which encourage me to uh, reinvestigate the youth perceptions on both sides. So before delving into the explanation, so it's important to highlight that the findings related to intercommunal dialogue reveals the most important differences between the two communities. And yes, you are absolutely right as there is a remarkable discrepancy in the frequency of checkpoint crossings between the Greek and Turkish Cypriot youth. So when I asked the respondents about the frequency of their crossing, a total of 41% of Turkish Cypriot youth say that they cross the checkpoints every day, a few times or five times, five times each week or at least once in a month. But when you look at the percentage in the Greek Cypriot, among the Greek Cypriot youth, it's only 7% for the very same frequency of checkpoint crossing. So it's quite low. So another key point uh, is the percentage of youth uh, who never cross the other side of the island. So while 38% of uh, Greek Cypriot youth uh, say that they have never crossed the other side, this is around 20%, 25% among the Turkish Cypriot youth. And I have to add, uh, report that this percentage, uh, the highest percentage of the Turkish Cypriots who have not crossed the checkpoints are mainly the Turkish settlers who are not allowed to do so. So in terms of explanation, I also ask an open-ended question for those who reported they never crossed or less often crossed to the other side. So, and accordingly, the reasons of uh, not crossing the other side, mainly the South uh, respondents from the South, said that they were not interested in going or have no reason to go Uh, with almost 45%. And while another uh, 14.7% reported that they didn't want to show an ID, uh, maybe the third reason is, uh, according to the findings, is anger by the occupation of their land uh, with uh, 8.6%. Yeah. Besides the crossing, can you also say something about the intercommunal relations and uh, perceptions of the youth? or the other communities, uh, youth, in a sense, uh, because perceptions are very important in shaping their uh, uh, political leanings and uh, and the way of life uh, that they uh, like to share. Yeah, so this is another main divergence between the two communities, as I observed from this finding. So because uh, there's a more negative stance among Greek spirit youth in terms of intercommunal relations and the perceptions of the youth toward their counterparts. And when questioned on the attitudes uh, to friendship uh, with the members from, uh, of the other community, so Turkish Cypriot youth are more open such relationship than the Greek Cypriot youth. So the findings also help us to see the difference clearly. So if I refer directly to the uh, findings, so accordingly, 48% of Turkish Cypriot respondents say that they have Greek Cypriot friends, while this percentage drops to 17% among the Greek Cypriots. So... Uh, they also uh, findings related to the frequency of contacts between the uh, two communities youth also highlighted that very weak there's a very weak connection uh, between the youth of both communities and it's quite normal considering the uh, reality for the broader population as well but while these results uh, results tell us more pessimistic picture i would like to focus on uh, more promising aspects uh, of the relations by referring to the acceptable to the level of uh, different modes of interactions between the two communities. So because uh, the related figures show that 
There are no ideological factors among the youth that prevent contact or interaction between the youth. So accordingly, uh, I can say that on both sides, more than Cypriot, uh, more than uh, half of Cypriot youth respondents find most of uh, interactions like going to same school uh, together or uh, living in the same neighborhood or having a business partner uh, from the other community or even a member of their family to very married with uh, someone from the other community acceptable. So I have to admit that I'm aware of the fact that most of these interactions are very rare uh, across the island, but these figures reveal that there is potential uh, to make a radical transformation if someone willing to do Yes, unless they uh, gave you a politically correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think they say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's say it both this side. Uh, regarding the solution, you from both sides of the divide uh, show a kind of pessimistic attitude. Yeah. How do you explain that and what kind of solution are they really hoping? Uh, yeah. Uh, so the pessimist attitude uh, indicates another similarity uh, among the youth uh, on both sides. So uh, this is quite also normal, considering the long-lasting uh, Cyprus problem and the never-ending peace negotiations for many years. So as you know, there's currently no ongoing negotiations between the parties, but uh, as, as reflected to the uh, Cypriot media yesterday, the UN Secret Secretary General reminded his commitment to restart the negotiation process after the elections in the North. But when you look at the youth perception on the issue, so only a very small percentage, so let's say 10% in the South and 20% in the North, according to the findings, so thinks that negotiations will provide a, or produce a solution. So in addition, more than half of the uh, Cypriot youth on both sides again, they stated that the problem would never be solved. So uh, this is also related with the second part of your question about what kind of solutions are they hoping for? And this is a quite traditional question in the surveys that conducted in Cyprus. So based on the findings, I can say that uh, youth clearly reflects the, or mirror the uh, general trends in the entire population. So, and it's a well-known fact that the most favored solution models for Greek and Turkish Cypriot youth and also the general population are exactly the opposite. So accordingly, like 54% uh, of Greek Cypriot youth support or definitely support a unitary state, while... 62% of Turkish Cypriot youth favor two separate uh, and internationally recognized states. But the second most acceptable solution model for all Cypriots is the bizonal and bicommunal federation. So I should uh, share the uh, level of support. It's quite low in the Greek Cypriot youth, uh, and uh, Hubert uh, already mentioned at the very beginning of the, this conversation. So their support level for the uh, bicommunal and bizonal federation is around 80%, while the Turkish Cypriots uh, in the north say that they supported, uh, or let's say 54% of uh, Turkish Cypriot youth supported a bicommunal and bifederal uh, solution. Seeing you from, uh, from your results, the intercommunal uh, collaboration or interest in cooperation uh, still lacks uh, uh, somehow, yeah? Uh, how do we redress this situation and what kind of suggestions can we offer to increase this cooperation, uh, more interaction? amongst the youth. Yeah. So based on my findings, so I can argue that there are no significant barriers uh, to establish the friendship or collaboration with the members of the community. Even it's very uh, rare uh, nowadays uh, between the two communities, but still there's an hope. So 
uh, increasing the frequency of uh, intercommunal visits could increase dialogue, uh, especially in informal spaces such as cafes, pubs, and also restaurants. And uh, so it will help us to reinforcing the culture of peace among children and youth. And also education is another uh, part of the uh, process. So it will also help to promote intercommunal dialogue by eliminating the prejudices uh, youth have in their minds towards the other community. So in this regard, increasing the number of safe spaces, safe spaces like a home for cooperation or Derinia garage in the buffer zone. So this can be uh, like a stop, stepping stone for those who are hesitant to uh, cross the other side. So, and also there's a very recent idea to open a, a, to establish an open cinema in the buffer zone. So these kind of places will create hubs for bicommunal activities. And moreover, dialogue and cooperation activities hosted by civil society mainly play important roles in terms of enhancing the contact between the two communities, uh, which will pave the way for future collaborations and cooperation culture. And I know from my uh, observation and my fieldwork uh, in Cyprus, so even though numbers are relatively low, very low, the individual and collective youth-led initiatives are also important. So it will be good to share at least names of two of them here. So one is uh, the initiative of Lead Cyprus, so which was initiated by two youth-led organizations in Cyprus and seek to ensure reconciliation through uh, economic dialogue and cooperation. And another one is, uh, again, youth-led initiative, which is called Bicommunal Network of Cypriot Youth. So they also uh, try to help fostering connections between the two sides. So supporting and encouraging these kind of initiatives, it can be either financially or politically or technically. So it will improve the chances for cooperation. Uh, and all of them will establish uh, to create a meaningful dialogue channels between the two communities, which associated with positive outcomes as also early studies showed. So. Yeah, the... The other question, uh, especially Hubert is interested in, apart from two communities, within each community, there are others as well uh, in uh, inverted commas. Uh, do you see any differences, especially uh, amongst the Turkish Cypriots and, uh, and the Turkish origin, Anatolian origin, Turkish Cypriots attitude towards uh, peace or uh, solution or cooperation? Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, uh, I investigation, uh, say, I investigated the issue whether there are any significant differences between Turkish and Greek Cypriot youth. So I do not directly focus on the uh, like divergence within the Turkish Cypriot community, but I also check the uh, findings whether there are significant differences or not, uh, especially among the Turkish settlers uh, or the uh, Turks who orig- originate from the uh, mainland. So. Uh, I can just give you uh, an example in terms of the support level uh, toward the bicommunal federation solution. So there's no significant difference among Turkish Cypriot youth of mainland of Turkish descent. So I also raised this question to different researchers who uh, regularly conducted survey in Cyprus. So they also informed me about that uh, the attitudes of Turkish, uh, the Turks who originate from the mainland clearly mirror the wider public. So there are no significant differences uh, within the Turkish Cypriot society. Okay, that's that's very important to uh, know. Uh, Anyway, I think we're going to wrap it up uh, in a way. So do you have any uh, sort of last words uh, that you would like to add to my questions, uh, the things that you want to say? Yeah. uh, Regarding 
report and the uh, content of the report. Yeah. So, so first of all, so who are listening to us today, so they can find uh, more detailed uh, policy recommendations in the policy report. But I just want to remind that uh, I also refer to one of the uh, very important uh, UN Security Council resolution uh, about youth peace and security, uh, which is called UN Security Council Resolution 2250. So I just argue in my report that Cyprus may set an example for other countries by becoming a rare instance where the where this resolution is implemented successfully. So this will be really encouraging for both communities to be referred by others, by other people, by other countries or among the international community with a success story, rather than referring like the long lasting problems associated with the Cyprus. So I think this will uh, make a real uh, contribution of my research to the community. Uh, and I hope there will be some progress because when I check the results between uh, your report and my report, so there is still a uh, tremendous work to be done uh, in Cyprus. So thank you very much for this opportunity. Uh, we thank you, Jahan. Thank you for your participation. Thank you. Well, a big thank you from my side to Meta and Jihan for this Yeah, very often bleak picture of the youth of both sides, but with some ray of hopes and a little few pieces of positive information in between. If you like this podcast, if you want to read more uh, about the issue, the, there will be a long and a short version of Jihan's report uh, published on the two websites of the organization. So it's either cyprus.prio.org for uh, the Prio Cyprus Center. And as far as the Friedrich Hebert Foundation here in Cyprus is concerned, our website is FES cypress.org so please visit the site please listen to our podcasts thank you very much again uh, to both of you Mette and Chihan a very warm bye-bye from my side